Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients. You'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, and sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. Now, as usual, on Thursday, I have a guest with me today. His name is Matt Inglot. Inglot. He's going to clarify how to pronounce it because I'm sure I got it wrong. It's Inglot. <laughs> okay, great. And so we're going to get to Matt in a second. And today, I think it's going to be really interesting because Matt's going to talk about how he built his own custom technology as a layer to help him separate himself and advance his business, his web development business. But before we get to that, I want to ask you, if you're getting something out of this show, would you tell someone, don't keep it your little secret, don't keep it in your back pocket, your little boutique thing that you know and no one else knows. Share it if you know someone who would benefit from this. And also, I want to invite you, if you want some help figuring out your sales, your marketing, your growth strategies, I'd love to talk to you. Go to liston.io slash strategy where you can apply for a free strategy session with me. I have some time booked out over the next couple of weeks and I would love to hear from you if that's something I might be able to help with. Enough about me. I want to talk about Matt. Matt, how are you today? I'm awesome, Liston. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Tell me again the correct pronunciation of your last name. Inglot. So it's Matt Inglot. Matt Inglot. Okay. So I actually got it right the first time and then ruined it. You corrected downwards. I was like, no. <laughs> minus five points. Okay. Well, hopefully I can make my way up from a C minus up to an A at some point. So Matt, you and I have known each other. We were chatting before this interview about how we met at World Domination Summit, sort of a free-spirited kind of conference here in Portland, Oregon. This was a few years ago. And one of the things that fascinated me about you, Matt, is first of all, you look extremely young. I haven't asked you how old you are, but you've been building your business for many, many years, long before you and I met. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and about your business? Absolutely. So I run a web agency that I started while I was still in school and university. And it just kind of progressed from there. It started because I had this amazing job at a startup and then the startup ran out of money. So suddenly I had to like pay my rent, my groceries, my tuition, and I had no money coming in. So I started building websites for people and that evolved for me basically freelancing to building up an agency called Tilted Pixel. And then 13 years later, here I am. And that's still what I do. You mentioned that I look quite young. And I, I think I'll be like 50. And people still say I look quite young. I don't know what it is, but I'm 33 now. And there's still times that I get carded. So I think I've just drank from the fountain of youth at some point. <laughs> awesome. Okay. And so Tilted Pixel, you do web development projects. And one of the things that you did in your business early on was you built your own CMS. And so for those of you who don't know what a CMS is, it's WordPress, it's Squarespace, it's Magento, it's Shopify. It's the thing that allows you to manage your content. CMS stands for Content Management System. And so a lot of web developers, Matt, they just, they're a WordPress shop or they're a Squarespace shop. And you decided not to do that. 
you decided to build your own, which I think may have been insane, but I'm guessing that this is something that allows you to differentiate. So why did you make that decision in the first place? That's an interesting question and an interesting conversation, something that I don't think I've ever really publicly talked about. Part of it was a product of its time. So if we rewind 13 years ago, there weren't really many options out there. WordPress was out there and it was a great blogging platform and terrible at everything else. And then you didn't really have anything else. There was really old school things like PHP Nuke and all of these other systems. So I was looking at this landscape of content management systems. And first of all, there was no clear winner. WordPress was not powering like most of the internet like it does today. And none of these systems seemed like they would really stick around. So the problem of like building my business on WordPress or PHP Nuke or Drupal or Joomla, and I mean, Joomla's basically almost dead right now, for example, is I'd be building my business hoping that this platform that I'm using is going to, first of all, stick around for the long haul. And second of all, it's actually going to function for the long haul. So when I started my agency, one of the big things that I was thinking about was the longevity of the projects that we'd be building. I didn't want to be an agency where you'd be doing this constant stream of new websites all the time. And then basically, as soon as you built a website for a client, you'd kind of kick them out the door right? The website's built, we're finished with you. I was thinking about long-term relationships. And if I'm going to have a long-term relationship with a client, I need their stuff to keep working. And being that I have a very technical background, I was thinking ahead. I was thinking, well, if this client's website is now three years old or five years old, are these like million open source plugins still going to be functioning? Is WordPress going to come up with a new version of itself that breaks everything? What happens if we have 100 client sites and WordPress makes such a release and now we have to fix 100 client sites, right? And sure enough, a lot of this stuff did materialize. WordPress today has a lot of really awesome functionality, especially through third-party systems that allow you to manage multiple WordPress installations. But that's very much a fairly new thing. For most of its life, it didn't have that. And it was basically constantly breaking And having one site break isn't a huge deal. Having all of your client sites break and on the same day is a very big deal. (laughs) So a lot of it was just thinking about like, is this stuff going to still be alive and around? And then the other problem was none of it really gave us the features and functionality that we really wanted in terms of being able to manage client websites at scale, but also to be able to build the kind of things that clients wanted built. WordPress, even today, mostly operates through plugins, for example. The good news is there's a ton of plugins out there. The bad news is if you can't find a plugin that does what you want, then you're kind of in a world of hurt because it's a huge pain to write a plugin. Whereas the way our system was architected was to basically make building new types of content, new types of functionality very easily. So it became this whole Lego block system. Now, flip side to that, of course, is a lot of web companies back then built their own CMSs. We actually weren't that unique in that. But I think most of these systems just fell by the wayside over time. And we're like now part of a very small group of people that built a system that actually continue to maintain it 
and that it's actually survived and works well. It's gone through a number of iterations and it's got a lot of really good functionality. And as the agency evolved, so has it. So now it's become less of a generic content management system and more it's now actually a very specialized piece of software that works primarily on membership sites Mm. and being able to process memberships through Stripe and be able to build a lot of really custom functionality for really custom membership sites. And that's kind of now become our strength. That's a really long answer to say, yeah, it was a product of its time. Yeah. And certainly along the way somewhere, let's say even before you decided to focus on membership sites, certainly 13 years ago, WordPress for a professional web developer, I'm sure seemed like a piece of crap in terms of like powering an entire website and giving you options and flexibility. But along the way, it's gotten a lot better. So like I use a great product. This is an unpaid plug, but it's called Beaver Builder, which is amazing. And I personally highly recommend, maybe you wouldn't, Matt, but I do. (laughs) And you could have switched to WordPress or something else that's become very mature, like Squarespace is like a very mature platform with a huge team behind it, constantly developing and adding and improving. What made you decide not to do that? That was a continuous decision, to be honest, because as things did improve, that was a constant consideration. I mean, my company started in 2005. It's now 2018. Again, just to place things in time. So it was a constant evaluation, but it came down to a few things. I mean, one, the system that we build works well. It works a little too well. Clients love it. It makes it really easy to manage lots of client websites, all of the automatic updating functionality and everything, and it works well. But that said, if we were just continuing to build like basically generic marketing sites, for lack of a better word, I think at some point we would have switched. Because like you said, there's other platforms out there. And and quite frankly, with something like WordPress, there's a lot of people building this stuff and they're building it for free or they're building it very cheap. So the economics of it is wonderful because you have all these people doing free work for you. Why not take advantage of that, quite frankly? But the agency evolved as well. And especially over the last three, four years, we went more and more into e-commerce and not e-commerce as in being able to buy products online and have them shipped to you because, I mean, Shopify owns that space now, but digital products. And like I said, specifically memberships. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. And forget doing that on WordPress. I mean, there's nothing out there on WordPress plugin-wise, that even comes close to what we're doing for our clients. And the niche that we're occupying is really just heavily custom membership sites at this point. So when you have a business that's making a few hundred thousand at least, and hopefully a few million dollars a year through memberships, and members get all sorts of custom functionality with their membership, that's where our system is really strong. And that was, again, just this weird organic evolution. So it started as a pretty broad content management system. And over time, based on the types of clients we acquired and what clients we found profitable, we ended up just organically niching down. And consequently, the software evolved a lot. So the fact that it can manage content is almost an afterthought at this point. It's more become a membership site e-commerce platform 
and much less so a competitor to WordPress. I see. And I'm wondering, you don't talk on the website, or at least it's not super obvious to me that you're talking about, hey, we built our own thing and this is why we did it. And it gives us all sorts of flexibility to solve this particular problem. Is that something that comes up in your sales process? And if so, how do you find that the technology distinguishes you and helps you land business, if at all? First of all, this idea of marketing it via saying, hey, we've built our own thing and it's super great. That itself, I don't think is effective. And back in my more naive days when I was starting Tilted Pixel, that was actually one of the big marketing points we had like right on my business cards on the back. It basically talked all about how easy the websites are to edit. I think that's what everybody was marketing back in the day. It was super unsophisticated. The idea was that clients would choose you because your technology was great. That's not really the reality. Clients choose to work with you because you can help their business. That's the bottom line. And if they feel that that you can help their business more than someone else. And when I say help their business, it typically means make them more money, ultimately. Sitting down with an executive and telling them, hey, our technology is great and we built it ourselves and it's awesome. I mean, that all just falls on deaf ears. What doesn't fall on deaf ears is some of the consequences of that technology, such as the fact that we can accomplish exactly what you want to accomplish. So they're trying to take their business to the next level. Usually they're finding themselves limited by the plugins and whatever architecture currently exists. And they're starting to kind of bang their head against the wall because on the one hand, their business is taking off and everything is awesome. And on the other hand, the technology just can't seem to keep up. A lot of it could be that they just can't build the functionality they want for their members. The actual recurring payment system sucks and doesn't work properly and creates a lot of problems for them. Or it's a function where it just keeps breaking. As they add more and more members, the existing technology stack can't handle it. And we come in and it's like, yeah, we can scale. We can build it the way that you want. We can basically help you go from where you are right now to now the 10x mark or hopefully the 100x mark with your membership. And you're able to invest in something that's going to work for you for at least the next five years and hopefully the next 10 years because everything we build is meant to function in a way where we can keep adding on to it and keep expanding it. So it's things like that that matter a lot, or security, or the fact that we work very well with Stripe, which is basically like the payment processor now. It's the consequences of a technology that translate into selling points because we're able to solve painful pains for them. But I don't recommend anyone ever come in and say, hey, choose us because our technology is great or choose us because our designers are great or choose us because we have really cool paintings on our office walls or something. Like oftentimes agencies try to differentiate themselves on stuff that doesn't really matter. And that's why like the fact that we have custom technology, we don't directly market that because no one directly cares. We market the capabilities that we get as a result of that. And that usually all comes through the sales process. Okay, so I'm going to challenge you a little bit on that. So I agree with your essential premise, which is the technology only matters insofar as it can give a direct benefit to the client, right? And it's allowing them to either achieve faster or more of the results that they want. I totally agree with that. 
However, so in your case, Matt, you can go to a membership site and say, look, we're going to help you. I don't know what it is. Sign up more members, integrate more seamlessly, like get rid of all your headaches, make sure that you're not having, um, I'm blanking on the term where someone's credit card expires and you have to follow up with them. I'm sure it's something you guys- Yeah, Dunning. Dunning, yes. Okay. (laughs) What a strange way of saying that. I'm sure there's a history there. But I was recently looking at the Hinge Marketing site and they're a firm that puts out research every year for consulting and professional service firms and kind of a state of the industry. And one of the things that they found is 42.7% of what they called high growth firms, so that, you know, the fastest growing firms, use technology as a key differentiator. And so for you, the way that might look is you talking about you're able to achieve outcomes X, Y, and Z. And the reason you're the best at that is you're the only one who has this proprietary technology that you built. And so I think what it could do is give you some credibility and strengthen your argument. Do you have has that been your experience? Well, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. But the positioning isn't, hey, we have custom technology. No one cares about that. The positioning is we can do X, Y, and Z, and we can do it because we have this technology and no one else has it. And that's a very important distinction. Okay. And it changes everything. All right. I will relent on that point, I promise. So obvious question here. You've put together this CMS, this piece of technology that only you own, why aren't you going out and selling Basecamp like Basecamp did? Why aren't you selling it as a standalone product to let other people use it? That thought has crossed my mind and it might still happen. The idea of coming up with a way to sell the membership technology in a way that makes sense and is profitable and all that good stuff, I think that there is something there. And that's an open possibility. But if we rewind back when it was a custom CMS, basically, that I came to the conclusion was that's basically a terrible road that I don't want to go uh, against. One of the worst, most miserable experiences, I think, is trying to start a business around a free product. So in the case of content management systems, most of them are open source and free. And then they sell like, premium add-ons and stuff like that. So for example, WordPress itself is all free. And then they have WordPress.com, which is like a fancier hosted version of WordPress. And that's how they get their, I think, like billions of dollars of revenue now, which is super cool. But when you're trying to compete in that market, and it's a super fragmented market, especially back then, now WordPress came out as the clear winner, but super fragmented, a market that requires a lot of developers to be on board and basically convincing a lot of agencies to use your stuff and basically having to develop this amazing product and have the core product be free, it's a tough road. And I mean, I can't think of too many more spaces that are worse to compete in than content management systems. I would not try to build a content management system today, period. And I certainly wouldn't try to win the content management war. I don't know how WordPress did it. Obviously, Matt's very smart, but like Matt Mullenweg. Yes, right. There was probably a large element of luck there as well, in the sense that I think they got a toehold in the market by being a blogging platform at the exact right time that blogs exploded. 
And so suddenly everybody was using WordPress because everybody was writing a blog. So it was really cool. But it's not the kind of thing that is relevant in 2018. Like you wouldn't start a content management system today and try to unseat WordPress. Or, I mean, if that's what you're trying to do, all the power to you. But I was going to say, I'm sure there are a hundred startups that were created in the last 30 days that are trying to do exactly that. Exactly. And they're all cursing my name, but (laughs) look up how many content management systems exist. And now in fairness, some companies like Squarespace and Weebly, they've kind of come at it from a different angle. And that's worked really well, where it's not really a content management system you're buying. You're buying a subscription service that lets you build a website very easily. And Squarespace is the real deal. Like We've even used Squarespace, like my wife and I on a hobby website because it was just easy. So it's great. But I think that's really given WordPress a run for the money because WordPress basically requires a technical person. So very different platforms. But yeah, going back to your question, the membership site components could be interesting for sure. But for it to sell well, I mean, really, it needs to be solving a problem in the marketplace that it can solve as a SaaS. And I haven't figured out exactly what that looks like yet. And I haven't figured out if I want to run a SaaS company. Yeah. Or do you want to run a support staff, which is really what a SaaS company will require when everybody's having problems and shit's breaking. And you can't just focus on development and selling the product. You also have to make sure you're keeping people and they're not leaving, which as you know, is a big deal in consulting, but much easier because you have a smaller pool of people to keep happy. So Matt, Next, I want to talk to you about something that you've done, which is you've packaged up what you know about running an agency. You've, for years, have been developing your personal brand and really raising your esteem and your level of awareness and your following online. But we're going to leave a cliffhanger here for you, dear listener. That's going to be in part two of my interview with Matt Inglot. And I did say it right that time, I'm pretty sure. So make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed, and I will see you tomorrow with part two of my interview with Matt Inglot.